Hello, humans. I am your host, Bradley Martin, and this is Clearing the Way, a resource for small business. I talk with sales and HR experts, other small business owners, and anyone else that can provide you with information to clear your way to success. Uh, my guest today is Billy Kramer, owner of B. Kramer Clay. Uh, Billy grew up with parents that were potters. He spent nearly 20 years in the restaurant industry or his parents convinced him to get back into ceramics as a side hustle. Uh, he's been creating functionally elegant pottery built for daily use uh, since then. Uh, his work is awesome. I got some things from him recently, and it's all super dope. Uh, Billy is a fellow disc golfer, a slinger of delicious tacos, and um, he's just one of those people that is uh, he's just a joy to be around. Um, Billy, thank you for being a guest on uh, Clearing the Way. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, okay. So, we I covered it a little bit in the intro. Parents, potters. Where did you grow up? Um, are you from around here? I know you moved. I grew kind up of in Northern California. I was born in Nevada. Okay. We lived in Lake Tahoe, and then I we moved before I was one to the small town of Cottonwood, California, which is about two hours north of Sacramento. Okay. What were you? Did you? How long were you there? I was in Northern California until second grade, where we okay. moved down to Southern California, where I spent the majority of my growing up years, all my adolescent years, were in Southern California. Okay, what um, what were your parents doing? Like, why did you why did you guys why did you guys keep bouncing around? So by the time I showed up in the family, uh, my parents were at the point of starting. Uh, at church. My father was a minister or becoming a minister. Okay. And so they had just started a church. Really, my first memories are of like the church okay. happening in houses. And then we moved into a building. And so my youth, up until high school, I was a minister's son and, and a frequenter of, of mm -hmm. church and, and youth group and all of those fun things. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So that led you to, to move a couple times. When you were, uh, okay. So through high school, um, were you, was that still the case? What, like, how long did, how long did they do that? So it went until I was in eighth grade. So just before high school and things happened and my father wanted to take a, a year's sabbatical from being a minister mm -hmm. and got back into pottery. And that was really my first realization that my parents were talented potters. I had okay. grown up in a house with amazing pottery and I'd always known that they did pottery before I was around, but it was... You know, I'm a little kid, and it was uh -huh. before me, so it was kind of before my scope. Uh, did they do anything? Like, did, up to that point, had they, had like, had you ever seen them making anything, or was it kind of like my, a... My father had taken a gl glass blowing class. Okay. You know, one semester type of a thing, and he came home with glass vases. Uh -huh. Also very beautiful pieces of art, you know. But uh, I didn't fully grasp it. I'd never seen them do it. Okay. Until the time that they decided to stop being the minister and his wife of a church and get in back into pottery. Okay. And so then they were doing that full time at that point. It went full time. I mean, it went from, from <laughs> this to that. I mean, it, it was a turn. We got a gigantic kiln in our backyard. <laughs> he got a potter's wheel. He started in the garage and then turned this huge gazebo. We're in Southern California. So uh -huh. there weren't weather issues. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he turned this huge gazebo into his studio and, taught me how to make pottery. I mean, it was amazing because he, I mean, instantly was making beautiful pottery that I had never seen him do. So here's the skill set wow. that I had never seen and got to learn. So I was 14, 15 at the time. Okay. 
Okay, that's cool. So when you're in school, were you doing any other activity? Like, what were I you into? I played baseball. Okay. It was my jam. I mean, I played okay. baseball. From the time I could hold a baseball, there was a baseball in my hand. Okay. I like to throw it. I like to hit them. You know, so that was my life really even through high school. Yeah. Any other activities that you were involved in or just? Not much. I mean, the church was a major player of time in my life yeah. and my family's life. Uh-huh. So I had, you know, Sundays were kind of taken. Yeah. And then the older I got, you get into those youth groups. So there were Wednesday nights or Thursday nights uh-huh. and then other meetings that were going on. And so I was always, that was my other life. There was school, there was baseball and there was church. Okay. Okay. So, um, so through high school, you're starting to, like, you're introduced to this new pottery thing, which is like, okay, that's cool. Were you super interested in that, or was it just kind of something, like, were you just kind of soaking it in a little bit, or? I was interested in it. I wanted to do it. Like anybody who watches someone throw uh-huh. a pot, you're like, cool. oh, I want to do that. That's really cool. So he taught me, and I learned right away, and I took to it pretty quickly. Uh-huh. I also, I mean, I had a ceramic studio in my garage, so I could yeah. <laughs> Do it more than the average human being. Yeah. And then I had some rules set forward. Like I wasn't allowed to keep a piece of pottery until I had made a hundred pots. So every night I'd go out into the garage and I'd throw a pot and then I'd crumble it back down and wedge <laughs> it into a ball and make another one. And I just had this running count of uh, how to throw pots. Cause you start keeping the bad ones and before you know it, you've got a room full of. Uh-huh. Junk. Okay. So that's what we're what, were there any other rules? Like, that feels like a really cool thing to... Yeah, that was the only rule. Okay. You know, I, I had a bag of clay. Uh-huh. And because I wasn't keeping them, once they were made, I just crumbled them back down into that bag of clay. Yeah. So I used the same 25 pounds of clay for, you know, several weeks before I finally got to the point that I'd made 100 pots and, okay. and could then start keeping them, putting yeah. them in the kiln and taking space because that was their only job. Mm-hmm. And when they were just starting out for the second time... They were still getting going. So every inch in that kiln was a valuable space. Yeah. Okay, so did they have any – okay, so he um, – they had the churches. Did they have any other business experience before then? I mean, he ran a successful pottery business prior to getting into the ministry. Okay. Okay, so they had a pottery business, ministry, then back into pottery. Exactly. Okay, so he knew – this wasn't like a, I'm good at this, let me try it. It yeah, was yeah. like, it was oh, like, I know how I've to... done this before. Let's okay. go ahead and do it, yeah. That's cool. Okay, and on the business side, did you pick up or did you did you see any of that or was it, um, did you kind of just get a, a taste of the making, like the creation side? I was the creation side that okay. I got the majority of my kind of influence from them from. They run their business the way they do, and I wasn't involved in that. You know, okay. I sold things. I would do shows occasionally with them, and I would be there doing sales. But I wasn't yeah. looking up for places to sell my pottery. I wasn't, you know, conscious of the cost of the, yeah. the product before the, the the benefits of it. And so, it was a uh, nothing. I didn't really learn much business. Yeah. Did it, you enjoy going and like helping them sell things then? I always have. I really enjoy being around people and yeah. you know, that was strangers coming to talk to. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, okay, so out of school or in 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 high school, did you did you know what you were like what did you plan on doing after after school? And what did you do? Where did what what was your kind of my plan, being a baseball player, was to probably go to school and become a teacher so that I could coach 
okay. baseball and be a teacher. Yeah. You know, you you marry another teacher and uh-huh. you get summers off and yeah, you have yeah, kind yeah. of similar lives and weekends off. And and so that was kind of a, a rough plan. Okay. Uh, and then I got out of high school and I was playing baseball at a junior college, but just kind of, you know, I was young and wasn't necessarily playing a lot at that point. Uh-huh. And uh, ended up getting a job in a restaurant. Okay. And I always loved food, but I really realized that being around food and alcohol was something that really drove me. I loved learning about it. I loved delicious things. And I loved the service industry. I like supplying someone with a good time and kind of giving them that. Okay. What kind of, at that point, what kind of restaurant, like, what kind of restaurants were you working in? The first restaurant I started at was just a pizza place. Okay. You know, slinging pizzas, working the counter. I ended up you know, closing the place as a closing manager some nights. Okay. Um, But really just kind of high school kids running around doing those jobs. And then I left that and went to um, a more of a finer dining. It was called the UCLA Convention Center, and it's up in Lake Arrowhead, nowhere near the UCLA, but uh, on a mountain, on a lake, and in the summertime, it's a summer camp for UCLA alumni. In the wintertime, okay. it's a convention center for whatever business wants to have kind of a weekend getaway for yeah. that type of thing. So I learned from a gentleman that four-star quality of service of not having your hands in your pockets, uh-huh. not speaking, learning about food, knowing the pace of dining. And then from there, I went and worked at an Italian place in Southern California. What were you doing at... What were you doing at those at those restaurants? Like serving tables. Okay, was really my gig. Okay, um, okay. So, did you, I mean I imagine like you enjoy like okay. So you're at you're in this restaurant environment. At what point did you did you leave school? Did you leave the junior college? I left the junior college within the first semester. Oh, wow. Year. Okay. Yeah, I didn't do much of that. I didn't. Okay. I didn't like going to class. I liked playing baseball, and that was really the only thing okay. getting so me there. Okay. In high school, were you the same way? Like, didn't really enjoy the school yeah. part? Okay. I mean, I enjoy learning, and I always did well. I'm the guy that tests well and yeah. did a, never a, didn't do a day of homework. Okay. Okay. You know, that makes I sense. I found out that I could take two physical education classes and get two A's and get four D's and still have a 2.0 so I could play sports. Okay. Okay. And it drove my teachers nuts because I would interact with class because I love learning and talking. I just wasn't doing anything at home. I was playing baseball and then cooking probably. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So when you're starting at these restaurants, did you, was there any, um, desire to at first you were just serving did you want to cook at all i always love cooking and i'd heard people say don't do it for your career you'll hate it okay that makes a lot of sense you know and uh and when i've since working 20 years in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. uh, i see what they mean working the line in a restaurant is a a horrible job, you know. <laughs> Once you finally get into that next position, even that's a horrible job. But it's <laughs> you get to you get a little bit more show, yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. So it's a tough industry to be in, you know. Yeah. Serving people every day is a yeah a deep thing, and so I was grateful to be on the other side. It made good money. I could do what I wanted outside of working, 
and I just had to show up and, and be yeah. me. Okay. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds nice. Okay, so um you are at a couple of these restaurants. Did you so after UCLA, where did where were you at? Then I was down in Los Angeles County at a, a small family run Italian restaurant. How did you what how what, f- what a, led to that? A friend <laughs> was living down there and working at the restaurant. Okay. And I was down hanging out with him in the afternoon. And he's like, I got to go to work. We need someone at this job. You should come see if you can get hired. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Were you still working up at the other? Oh, yeah. Lived <laughs> okay. an okay. hour away. Okay. Working at the other place. Okay. And walked in, got hired. You know, a little 15-minute interview uh-huh. with the owner. And then bus tables at night and made $100 and was like... This is fantastic. <laughs> okay. You know, called my parents. They were pissed off, wondering uh, where I was, uh-huh. you know, prior, pre-cell phone. <laughs> you know, where are you? Why is it so late? I'm like, oh, I got a job. I made a bunch of money. I'll be home tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 And so that really started the whole thing. Then I moved from my parents' house down to to that area in, in Los Angeles County. And uh, okay. that was the, the start of my restaurant career in kind of the way I see it. Okay. Okay. So how long were you at that job? I was there for a little over a year. And then I moved over to the Macaroni Grill. And I did that for a couple years. And then I moved from California to Washington, D.C. Okay. That was another of uh, my best friend from high school. His mm-hmm. uncle lived in D.C. And that was 2004. So the economy was just starting to tip okay. and jobs were getting to be harder to find. And so my buddy's uncle was like, move to D.C., get a job with the government. You'll have benefits. Uh-huh. You'll have a job for the rest of your life. Things will work out for you. Okay. So he moved out there. And in six months, you know, I decided I was going to move to D.C. for a year just to see what it was like. Okay. And no I, job or anything. Just no headed job. out there. Yeah. And well, find I was it working at the macaroni there. grill, and I had a good reputation there, so I could get into a macaroni grill. Okay. In okay. Northern Virginia, and I did work at that one for maybe a month a or two, yeah, and uh, not even a month or two, a week or two, and <laughs> I, then I got yeah. hired at a high-end steakhouse in Washington D.C., where lobbyists are lobbying, where oh, senators nice. are getting lobbied. I mean. Uh-huh. Big time people, big time money being spent. And that's when I started to learn about expensive food and expensive alcohol and why it was better huh. to sell those to people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, so that whole time, were you – you were just into the restaurant game at that point. Like that was your that was your jam. Yeah. Okay. Showing up in the afternoon, working until midnight, having some drinks with friends afterwards, sleeping until 10 the next morning. Okay. And were you, okay. Okay. So, I mean, that's kind of, that seems just like a fun lifestyle. It is. <laughs> but 20 years later, yeah. all of a sudden you're like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're there. Were you, did you stay on this, like the serving side the whole, the whole time? I bounced around. I got out of serving and was bartending at a little dive bar. For a little while, but okay. that was probably killing me because I was imbibing with the customers uh-huh. a little more than I probably should have been. Uh, and then I left and went back to a restaurant where someone else was working and became a manager of that restaurant. And I managed a couple restaurants. 
and realized that they didn't pay me well enough to okay. to spend my life in someone else's yeah. establishment. So I went back to waiting tables, okay, which gave me a lot of hours back in my life and a raise. Huh. Okay. So management, not not the thing. Um, Unfortunately, in that industry, it's not. You huh. know, unless you're a part of you have owner sides to it. But, yeah. You know, because I was making tips, so they. You know, the owner wasn't paying me very mm-hmm. much. He was paying the manager more. Yeah. But at the end of the night, I was walking away with more money. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you bounce around. Were you, did you have a, um, okay. So you have a couple of these like fine dining places. Was, did you try to get more of those or like what was, how were you, what was leading to bouncing to different things? Uh, usually a, a change in life is what got me to, to move to a different restaurant. Once I found one, I kind of stuck with it. Yeah. And so I was managing a restaurant and someone I knew called me and asked me if I had any servers that I could suggest to go work at their restaurant. And I was like, well, you hire me. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I want to leave my job and I will come wait tables in your restaurant, which was a seafood place, the freshest seafood I've ever seen in my life, right on the, you know, uh-huh. right in D.C. And so he hired me, and so that was the end of my managing career, and I was uh, okay officially a server for the rest of my career at that point. Okay. And then from there, did you, were you still bouncing between restaurants, or like, were you, like, like what was, because I, I get the same way with, like, I get bored with things, but I'm wondering, like, what is it for you that's the trigger that's like, hey, let's try something new now? Or let's – even if it – same same industry, same everything, just like new place. Like what are – what were some of the the things that lead you to know, okay, or to just want to move on to whatever that next thing is? Yeah. In a restaurant, there's a lot of uh, little things that maybe aren't bothersome to the average person, but then you add them up mm-hmm. and it starts to just weigh on your, your kind okay. of – your daily life, you know, the way a manager talks to you, the way customers expect this, the uh-huh. way someone can't order something so I don't have this, or the wine list has 40 bottles, but we only really have 15 of them. Like, okay. It's embarrassing to stand in front of someone, for me as a waiter, and give them a list of things and then be like, well, I don't have that, and I don't yeah. have that. So as those things would build up, you'd start to kind of look for another gig. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of times, I mean, the funny thing is it was always in the restaurant that I was leaving was where I got the other gig. You know, like mm-hmm. I was waiting on a table and a friend that I'd known for years goes, we're hiring, come work at such and such yeah. a restaurant. And he backs out of his seat. He's like, this is what I'm going to wear to work tonight. And <laughs> I'm, I'm standing there in a bow tie uh-huh. and a vest <laughs> and, and pants. And I'm like, you know, I'll come check it out. Uh-huh. Had an interview, got hired, and wore T-shirts and jeans for uh-huh. the next two and a half years. Huh. Okay. Okay, so you're bouncing between a couple of those. At any point, you still know Clay at this point. Like, you're completely out of it. Yeah, I hadn't touched it since high school. I mean, I, two times in the 20 years from high school to when I got back into it uh-huh. that I actually throw pots and that was because I was home okay. and my parents and I you know I'm gonna go make a pot uh-huh. and so I would do that but okay. yeah not around it not talking about it 
not involved in it. Were you, did you have any, like, obviously you did it a couple, I mean, I guess literally two in 20 years. Like, that's not, that's not a lot. That's not a lot. But um, was, had you thought about it at all? Or is it just like this old thing that you used to do? Yeah, it was just something that I had learned. I knew Uh how to do. If I had the opportunity to do it again, I would probably be decent at it because I had the skill set. Okay. But it was never like a... I want a I want a studio or I, yeah. I want a place where I can do this. Like that was never a yeah. a drive. Okay. Um so you're you're in the the restaurants. Had you at that point have had you considered getting out of that at all yet? Or was it just like was there any long-term thinking or was it just like I'm good with what, where I'm at now. Like, I'm going to, I'm continuing, I'm doing all this. Like. Well, it was, I, what I wanted to do was sell tacos. And so my plan was to slowly convert from working in a restaurant to maybe doing weekend street fairs okay. and selling tacos and kind of a taco cart type of thing uh-huh. or maybe even a food truck. But it, there was a, and it was just a quiet plan. I wasn't saving. I wasn't yeah. really okay. dedicated to it. But that was kind of a... Huh. A point that I would like to have gotten to. Okay. And was that a why tacos? I love tacos. Right, they're so good. They're but... <laughs> amazing food. They, uh, I think I love them. Well, when I moved from Southern California to Washington, D.C., the ability to get the Mexican food that I was after disappeared. Yeah. And so I had to learn how to make it. Okay. And uh, that's kind of what drove me to make tacos and then I they're always just a great party food. And yeah, then, yeah. And and then spending twenty years in the restaurant industry, like you're throwing a party for whoever's walking into your section each night. Yeah. So I like that's a interesting way of thinking. To about create it. that positive environment. Uh-huh. I want people to be comfortable. I want to give them what they're looking for and maybe teach them about some food that they didn't know they were looking for. And so tacos kind of fit that really well. Huh. And they're a a, a street food that I Felt like I could get into without needing a clean restroom or a dishwasher yeah. or, a, you know, all of the things that make a restaurant tough to run. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of like you want to do that. Did you ever start making any strides toward that? Or was it always kind of this like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to do this? I have a couple menus written out that I, I okay. had, had worked on and some like structured recipes so that yeah. items can be replicated on, uh-huh. on a bigger basis was about as far as I got. You okay. Know. Spent some time working on it, kind of had a game plan, and was moving forward, uh, really planning on doing this until I got convinced really? to get into clay. Okay. I mean, if I hadn't gotten into clay, I'd probably be frying tortillas somewhere. Huh. Okay, so... How did, okay, so how long did you want to do the taco? I mean, something. I've cooked my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, my mother taught me to cook breakfast when I was young. And so my father would always ask me, are you going to have a restaurant one day? Are you going to have, you know. Uh-huh. And so that's always been in the back of my mind. Like, huh. I should do this. Like, this is what I love. This yeah. is what I'm into. And so it was... Something that was always there, but again, I was making a living working my job, and I wasn't too focused on yeah, moving further. Okay, okay, so you had finally started to make that, 
not the leap, but like you were starting to move or thinking like, okay, now you're starting to move towards that. How did you get convinced out of that? If that was this long-term like, yeah, because you hadn't really been thinking about clay at all. No. How in the world did you get convinced? Yeah. So that was a, so my parents with their pottery, they used to travel around all over the place and specialized in ceramic fountains and, uh, like big table fountains, tiered oh, wow. things with pumps, and and so okay, um, <laughs> okay, very very cool. I yeah. mean, my the judgment of my pottery is based on the pottery that my parents made, and they made amazing stuff. And so they, they're. Let me re, re, restart yeah, yeah. this. Yeah. My oldest sister, who has since passed of cancer, got diagnosed with cancer. Okay. She lived in Indianapolis, Indiana at the time. My parents stopped their ceramic business, cold turkey, and moved to Indianapolis to be with my sister. Okay. And we were there for a, a little over a year. Okay. And then she passed. They moved back. And as my father says, I walked into my studio and it was it was ready to roll. I mean, there were pots that were halfway made uh-huh. that just needed to be finished. And, and, and like, they just turned off the lights and walked away. And so uh-huh. when they came back, they had spent a year away from it and they were grinding hard. They were taking a trailer all the way up to, you know, into Colorado, into Utah, into Wyoming, doing art shows, yeah. high end art shows with their pottery, but being away from the house. And, and, Pottery's is heavy. The, the, the older yeah. you get, the heavier it seems. <laughs> and that, that grind was just starting to kind of take a toll on them. Okay. And so they wanted to bring it back to a smaller kind of basis. And they lived just down the street from Joshua Tree National Park. Okay. So they went to the shop there and offered to make ceramic mugs and little plates and dishes mm-hmm. and with a logo stamped into them. And that kind of started off slowly, but it had built up to being a great monthly business during the, the busy times of the huh. I mean, to the, this day, I'll get people that see the Kramer on the bottom of my parents' mugs that they bought at that state park uh-huh. and broke. And we're like, can you make me one of these? And I'm like, well, I didn't make the first one. And then it's this. That's thing. cool. I actually have the stamps, so I now can make them. I have yet to make one for them, but... Uh, it's, That's cool. It's one of those things. So in that process, they realized these state parks are a good source of income. Okay. And I had just moved to Colorado and... For a, a different... You just got pulled into that my, again. I had, my wife and I had gotten engaged. We started dating and we were in Washington, D.C. And she had worked for the same company for... 13 or 14 years, maybe not that long. I'm not the best with her. her <laughs> um, it was before me. Uh, but she got to the point where she kind of wanted to quit her job and maybe look for a different job. Okay. And she came to the realization that she didn't need to stay in D.C. anymore. She could go anywhere. So one night she asked me, what do you think about moving? What do you think about Pittsburgh or Denver? My response is, when are we moving to Denver? <laughs> well, why were those two the, the ones on the list? She had come up with them for a reason. I, I don't really know. I mean, well, I do know. She had gotten accepted into college in Boulder okay. years and years prior and always had this 
desired to live in Colorado. Okay. Check it out, see what was it what it was about. So okay. that's why that was there. Pittsburgh is was close enough to her family, uh, but was still a city that was affordable. She's really into home building and, and building greenhouses and, and okay. Pittsburgh has some of the largest collections, if not the largest collection of green buildings in the United States. Uh, don't quote me on these things. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of green going on in Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, which, you know, because of all of the bad and the steel that was here, uh-huh. there's been a really big influx yeah. of, of we need to get this fixed. And so it's really driven that point here. And so okay. she loves that stuff. She huh. wants to be green. She wants to build green homes. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, and she wants to use old houses. Like building a new house is very wasteful for the environment. Using an old house huh. and making it better is a lot better for the environment. Yeah. So it was kind of a... Okay, that makes sense then. A, a, a great place to be on, on that level. Yeah. Uh, so we moved to Denver. And while there, there was... <laughs> it was actually during the uh, eclipse that came across in August of 17? Yeah. My parents drove out from California to come see the eclipse. So we all got in the car and drove to Wyoming to get under the totality of the eclipse. Uh And in that car ride, my father just constantly talking about selling these things. You know, and look, there's another state park in Colorado, and here's a national park in Colorado. You might want to consider doing this. It's a a good side hustle. Uh And the two weeks later, I bought from some guy on Craigslist a little tiny kiln that I figured I could fit, you know, 300 magnets in. <laughs> and it was a horrible kiln. I can't imagine. I'm amazed that it even worked. But I started firing pots in that and then kind of got into it. And my mom was on her way out, so she wasn't throwing pottery anymore. Mm-hmm. And they had an extra wheel. And I coincidentally had friends driving from California back to Colorado. And they stopped at my parents' house and picked up a potter's wheel. And so in June, the 1st of June 2018 was when I started throwing pots again on a potter's wheel. Huh. Okay. With all that ties that into. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, okay. So they're able to just, you've got this drive and you're just able to be, like, that idea seemed more enticing. Well, okay. So at that point, had you abandoned the, the taco I hadn't abandoned it. Okay. But uh, I hadn't really moved forward. You know, I wasn't... I was talking to people. I was working with people that were doing, like, lemonade at Uh at shows and things. And I was kind of starting to pick that stuff up. Yeah. That was the plan. We moved to Denver in April of 2017. And so this was August of 2017. Mm -hmm. So um, the plan when I got to Denver was that I was going to try to transfer out of restaurants and into taco sales. Okay. And uh, so I was really at the the Still start. at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, very beginning. Just kind of working things out, figuring out where I was going to do it, yeah. what I was going to do. Uh, you know, I was going to try to start with a vegetarian taco okay. and, and kind of lean in that direction. I feel like that's kind of a, a you know, being from California, there's yeah. a lot of vegetarians in my life. And so... I felt like that was a, a good way to get my door in, uh-huh. get my foot in the door. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then move into the those other tacos type of a thing. Okay. But uh, really, I mean, those I had a lot of ideas. None of them were ever 
dialed in yeah. and sent into yeah. a direction. Okay, so then, so you move there, you're still in the restaurants, you've kind of got this idea um, that you're in the research, uh, like you're figuring out how it can work, and now you're also doing some ceramics on the side. Yeah, like, rolling out on my yeah. kitchen counter. I mean, I started in the kitchen. I had to roll it all out and then clean it all up before my wife got home. You know, it was like <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, an that interesting seems thing. Messy. It was. Uh, it was tough. Uh huh. And she quickly convinced me to get a studio somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So how quickly did that move from side thing to like? I kind of want this to be. I I want to do this. So it was up until March 13th, 2020, it was just a side hustle thing. Okay. There was really not much drive. I was trying to get better at it. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then on March 13th, uh-huh. I lost my job in a restaurant. Were you still in Colorado? Still in Colorado. Okay. And so I was, uh, we were actually in, we had a trip to Kansas City and on our way to Kansas City, things started getting closed. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the concert we were going to uh-huh. was canceled. And what show the, were you going to? We were going to Bob Weir and Wolf Brothers. Okay, okay. And uh, that got canceled. And then we're like, "Oh, the Negro League Baseball Museum is in, uh-huh. in in Kansas City. We'll go there." That got closed, and that's connected to the Jazz Museum, which also got closed. And so we ended up sitting in our. Airbnb with our friend that lives in St. Louis playing cards and drinking for an entire weekend because <laughs> everything was closed. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad weekend. Definitely not the bad, one you had planned. But. Not planned, but it was also that first weekend of COVID. So it was mm-hmm. like a very surreal situation, right? Nobody around us was sick. Yeah. We really didn't know if people were going to get sick. Yeah. It was just this like... Yeah, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> we've been forced to stop. Yeah. Now what do we do? And so my mind was, I'm going to move, you know, we're going to go back to Denver and I'm just going to start making videos and try to sell pottery online. Okay. And um, you were going to start making videos. Do you have any, like, just like regular, like? Yeah, okay, like, okay. you know, Instagram okay, viral okay. videos, which yeah, is yeah. all that I make. I'm okay. not as techie as some in this world. Yeah. And so it was what okay. I could do from my phone, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. really the extent of what I just recently got a GoPro and a laptop computer, and now I'm feeling okay. yeah. so more advanced. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's the plan. Go back to... Go back and try to make this a full-time thing. Okay. And then on our drive back from Kansas, the gentleman... I had moved into a warehouse from my other studio. This guy was like, move into my warehouse. He had a, a CBD hemp seed, 10,000-square-foot warehouse, and he wasn't around all the time. He's like, I'd prefer someone to be here yeah. just to kind of check things out for me when I'm out of town. So you can have this corner rent-free and do whatever you want. Okay. So I had just moved in before we left for the, the concert weekend. Uh-huh. So on the way back, I'm like, I've got this space. It's going to be wonderful. On the way back, I talked to him. He's like, the world's ending. <laughs> i am gotten out of my lease. I'm packing everything up and moving to Missoula, Montana. Oh, wow. I'm like, okay. So I don't have a studio. (laughs) I don't have a job. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. So then he offered me 
a job to move all of his things to Missoula, Montana. So I drove a 26-foot box truck packed with farming equipment, <laughs> hemp seed separating equipment, twice to Missoula that first month in April or March and April of 2020. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Um that you're in an interesting spot to start. So now your side hustle thing, you're back to home. Yeah, my stuff's in a storage container. Okay. And I'm a truck driver for the for a couple of weeks. Okay. So what were you think like that what were you thinking? Like what was yeah, what the hell were well, you thinking then at that he point? Offered us my wife and I, because she didn't have a job at the time. And so he's like, move to Missoula. I'll hire you. And you can help me separate the seeds from the holes and we'll sell seeds to these farms. And I'll, and, and that's how it'll go. Okay. And so we, we were like, you know, our life doesn't exist here. He's got enough income for us to get by. Who knows what this COVID thing yeah. is going to bring. Sure, we'll do that. So we, we drive all of his stuff up there. And I was going to then put my studio in his warehouse up there and, and make pottery. Uh-huh. And fortunately, I did not move my studio stuff up there because the second trip we were up there, things kind of fell apart with him. Okay. And we drove back to Denver, and it was like, now what do we do? This episode is brought to you by the City of Washington, Citywide Development Corporation. Uh, If you're a small business in Washington and you need another set of eyes on your situation or uh, you need help growing, you're not sure what's going on with the business, you can't figure out how to get out of the uh, the current struggles you're going through. Um, you're just looking for ways to become a little bit more efficient. Um, anything else like that. Um, or if you don't know where to go next, you don't know who to find to fix whatever the problem is, reach out. Um, the uh, WCDC is a free resource. Uh, we're here to help. The links are down below. Um, Reach out. Like I said, it's a free resource. Now back to the episode. Huh. Okay. And that was when we decided to move to Pittsburgh. What industry is your wife in? She has her own consulting company, and she consults with home builders. Okay. And Is that what she's been doing, like, since that, like, when you guys were moving? She's still doing that then? She was doing that. She had started that company, and then she had gotten into a... um, a program that helped educate workers for home building companies. Okay. Um, you'll have to forgive me because I'm not so enthusiastic yeah. about home building. But yeah, 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 yeah. it was a company, a very major company that needed employees. Okay. So they created a, a courses that they could take and, huh. and learn how to frame, learn how to estimate, learn how to do all of the things they needed, and then get them right into jobs. It was a pretty okay. cool thing. Okay. And so she was into that, but it wasn't you know, yeah. the greatest thing in the world. And she wasn't sold on it and yeah. wanted to do a little bit more building of her own. I mean, she really okay. likes to work on blueprints and, and see huh. things go. So it's always been that. I mean, she's always been, Yeah, she's a lead certified construction okay. expert. So both of you at that time, you don't know what you're going to do. So now... Yeah. Back to moving. Right. We're getting out of here, I guess. Well, we're in Denver, and Denver's, the cost of living in Denver had been on its way up since we got, I mean, prior to us moving to town. Yeah. And we had already known, 
the fall of 19, her grandmother had gotten sick. And not being able to get back home mm-hmm. quickly was really tough on my wife. Okay. And so we had agreed that we were going to spend one more year in Colorado doing all of the concerts at Red Rocks mm-hmm. and all of the bands we wanted to see and ski as much as we could during the winter. And then in 21, we were going to move to Pittsburgh. Okay. 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 So this just got expedited a little exactly. bit. Exactly. It was okay. April of 20. And it's like, well, we can't do anything here. There's no concerts. Yeah. All of the things we're here to do don't exist right now. Yeah. It's just expensive. Yeah. <laughs> we should go where it's cheaper. Huh. Okay. So you're pl- you move back. You're planning on moving back. What were you going to do for work? Like, what were you going to do? Pottery. Okay. That, that was, was the plan. You were just now, we're, I'm fully into pottery. Yeah. Okay. Because the world was still closed. Yeah. I mean, I could all, I, prior to COVID, my mind, I could always get a job in a restaurant. No uh, matter where we went in the world. Yeah. I know that game. Yeah. Top to bottom. I can wash dishes. Uh-huh. I can. Yeah. Shake cocktails. Like, it doesn't matter. And that's all gone. And then okay. that stopped. Yeah. It was like, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Especially on the level that I was at. Yeah. You know, I was working in places that corporations bring other, you know. Yeah. It wasn't people spending their own money. It was people spending their company's money. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to buy a $75 steak. Yeah. And top wow. it with $40 worth of crab meat or lobster meat, you know. <laughs> it's just, and those restaurants didn't exist. So now I'm looking at like, oh, I've got to go to this bagel shop and, and work there, which I yeah. really didn't want to do. And so the pottery thing took front front seat. So okay, so when you're you're moving back here, when or not back here, you're moving here, with that in mind. Okay, so you decide to move, and you're deciding, I'm we're moving, and I'm doing this. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So that's that's a lot. That's a lot. So how did you um, how in the world did you make that work? That is so crazy. Like moving to a brand new area. None of you really had any connections here, right? No. I mean, uh, there's one family in Pittsburgh. (laughs) He and my wife worked together 10 years ago in D.C. And they've maintained a friendship. I I had stayed in their house prior to that. Okay. And so we knew them. But you know, one one family here. Yeah, yeah. And you're now middle of COVID, actually beginning of COVID, starting a new pottery business with no following. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, I, I had... I had had an Instagram thing going uh-huh. and, and a little bit of a following, but not much. Yeah, I not mean, enough no. to be a full-time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. so what was that first couple of months like? I mean, we moved into a house. I needed to get it turned into a studio. I needed to start making pottery. How, and, so how long does that take? Like uh, from moving to I can finally do something. It can finally make something. It can take about a week. It can take two months. Okay. I mean, depending on what you have, right? Like I had a studio yeah. pretty ready to go. The big thing I needed was electricity. So as we're, neither of us have as a job, but we're here trying to rent a house. So we have no proof of income. Uh-huh. And we're trying to 
find a place to, yeah. to move into. But we're walking into rental houses and immediately saying, take us to the basement. Like, <laughs> we don't care about what the house looks like. Yeah. We need to see if we can make pottery and try to make a living in this house. Okay. So you open up a panel box and it only has a hundred amp service. Like that's not going to work for my kiln. And so we had to like find the house that we thought we could get a kiln connected to that had the space to make the pottery. And we got very lucky. We got a house that had a huge basement that walked out into a covered patio where my kilns were. And it, it really was awesome. So we found an electrician. He came in put in the electricity, and I was making pots within the first 30 days, I'd say. Okay. That feels pretty solid. I mean, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Feels not bad. And at that point, I had the gentleman with the hemp seeds. Uh, He was selling hemp seeds in court ceramic containers that I was making for him. Okay. And so I thought I had a pretty steady job, but Uh that... Unfortunately, I got set up and I called him and was like, I'm ready to make you more, more pots. He's like, uh, that's not happening anymore. Things have changed. I'm doing it this way. And oh. now we're selling hemp honey or CBD honey and things okay. just changed. So I okay. lost kind of my only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A recurring. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. So wh- how were you going, how were you going to make it work? Like, what was, what were you thinking at that point? Like, okay, you're finally set up. You can finally start making things. Wonderful. Okay, now I don't have my recurring, like, the thing that was going to at least get my feet, like, off the ground a little. Like, okay, that's now gone. What the hell was the plan? How were you, that feels like such a difficult, like, mental spot to be in. Yeah, I I mean... Fortunately, I had my wife and we were a team. Mm -hmm. And we had saved enough money... During the COVID first few months, I uh-huh. mean, when they were giving us paychecks, we just banked all of that. Yeah. And so we were set enough to not be, you know, worried that we were going to lose everything. Yeah. And we had a decent savings. I mean, we wanted to buy a house. And so we had that money okay. sitting on the side. Yeah. And so that was maybe the calming. Yeah. Base it wasn't that all going to fall like, apart. It was just like yeah, maybe plans are going to be pushed out. You're not going to be kicked bit. out under the street if yeah. you don't sell pots, and so it gave me the time to make to practice my craft. Okay, I still wasn't sold at that point that I was making good enough pottery. I mean, I was. I grew up around amazing pottery, and so I'm looking at what I'm making. Uh-huh. I'm like this doesn't cut. Doesn't cut it. Yeah, and so I wasn't really stoked to sell my pottery. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't proud of it. Yeah, I yeah, I and, get that. And meanwhile, people are like, "This is beautiful. It's amazing." And and I still don't, you know. Yeah. You're, just, you're just being nice to me. Is yeah. the back of my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was a tough game because I wasn't confident in, in the product I was producing. Meanwhile, I'm trying to sell it and create an income. Huh. Okay. So how long? How long had you been here? So you start selling things here. I'm sure a lot. Well, how were you selling at that point? At that point, I was selling through an Etsy shop. Okay. On whatever I could drum up through business on Instagram. Okay. Which so, wasn't very much. Okay. Um, My Christmas season that year was the best I'd ever done. Uh-huh. You know, and then it stopped in January. And I didn't have enough momentum 
and enough, you know, yeah. all of those things to kind of keep going at that point. But I did keep making and I kept trying and I did, you know, just fill up your site and hope to sell stuff. And at that point I have enough friends around the United States that they're buying things. Yeah. You know, I've. Okay. A, a large group of people I know have a piece or two of my pottery and I'm very grateful for that. You know, yeah. that helped me get over that hump to kind of selling to strangers. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing that at, at any point, did you, when things started to open back up, did you have to, did you take a, a, a job back in restaurants at all? Or were I you able to? I have taken a job back in restaurants. I have been able to be supported by my wife while I continue this okay. path on, on my own. Okay. That's helpful. Um, Okay, so there was a when she started her business, I was working full time with all of the benefits, and so there was kind of a okay. It, it, there wasn't any animosity at that point. It was like yeah. you start this, and I've I've got it taken care of, and so okay, that's cool. That also helped with it, like you know, yeah, the yin and the yang of the whole thing, or the that's cool, give and the take. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, so you're starting to sell a little bit more. Um, what were man, that's such a difficult time for you to try to do that. And you can't even go to all the things that people are they don't typically exist. doing well. Like that's how they get their name out there. Yeah. Like so <clears throat> did you get pretty good at Instagram or were you not that great? I don't just think like, I'm that great. I understand how it works. Uh-huh. You know, the payoff, the buildup, yeah, all of those yeah, things yeah, that yeah, yeah. trigger the dopamine in our mind. Like, yeah. I look enough at Instagram to yeah. realize what yeah, yeah. draws people's attention, at least what draws mine. And so I know that I should be creating things a specific way, but I'm not taking the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making the sales. And then I'm not uploading the things onto my shop. It's, it's, I'm fighting myself yeah. in this business. Yeah. It's probably the biggest. I mean, that's it is. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm not willing to just put my work out there because I wasn't proud of it. Do you still deal with that? It's getting a lot better. Okay. What has helped that? My confidence in the work that I'm making. Okay. You just like it better. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm making. I've. I've eliminated the flaws that I see are flaws. Like pick up a piece of pottery, there's flaws all over them. Like Mm -hmm. no matter who made it or what's going on, it's the ones you're willing to live with and the ones you're not willing to live with. Yeah. So I've been able to fine tune my work in your mind, in my mind that it's, it's workable. Huh? That man, that's such a, I, I'm better with it now, but the same thing with, basically all of the things that I was doing where it's like early on, it's like, I don't even want to sell this to be like, yeah. I finish a pro I finish a website. I finish a video, give it to them. They're happy. But I think this is trash. Like a week later, it's like, this sucks. So How is anybody better. paying? Right. How is anybody paying for this? Why would you do that? Um, that's such a hard, I, I mean, I still deal with that. I don't know. It's weird because it's just because of that comparison. Like you're comparing it to your parents' work who had been doing it for how long? Oh, I mean decades, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. It's, it's two separate points in their lives. Like yeah. they hone in skills all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, that's a um, – but that also forces you to get better. Very much so. There's a fine balance there because you can take it too far where it's like none of this is good so I'm not going to sell any of it and 
like there there's too far but it also it's a good thing to have like you're just because it forces you to want to do better right and that drive is good i mean yeah making crappy products and selling them is not what uh, yeah i want to do yeah yeah know. um so you just brought that up again so your parents took they had they were doing pottery got out of it for about 20 years you have the same thing like it's very strange how, it's very strange yeah. how why did they get out of it and yeah let's just start there because it, it's I was, as I was reading through on your website I was like that's so both of you took this weird break where like it seems like you weren't doing anything with it but there's this like it's kind of just in your blood like oh yeah. yeah this is the this is this thing that we're good at like what caused them to stop? I, to the best of my knowledge, they lived a life. Uh, well, it comes into religion. Okay. They got they got religious. They got saved. They got into the church, and the life that they had lived prior to that point, which carried a lot of the pottery uh-huh. was not correspondent to the life they wanted to live now okay. that they were saved. So it was just this thing that was associated with that time. Exactly. Okay. So it was a, a time point in their life that they wanted to kind of get away from. Okay. And so they started doing other things. Gotcha. That makes that makes sense. And for you, you just I mean you were a kid when you got when you were introduced to it. So Yeah, it was just, high school graduation and yeah. I stopped. Yeah. You know, that was <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, that's it's weird that I mean that's just a weird thing. In your case, like again, you're you were a, a kid, so you had it you were naturally like you naturally had this ability, but after that it was like I'm gonna do my own thing and yeah. gotta get convinced back into it. Um okay, so so you're here, it's you know, mid twenty twenty probably. Um you're selling some things. How, like, were you just using social media? Were you doing any paid ads? Like, were you just, how in the world did you make that, how did you not give up? That's the, that's actually maybe the question. Like, what, you had, okay, let me, like, kind of set the way I'm looking at this. Okay, so you're not confident in your work. You have people telling you, they're paying for it. They're telling you it's good. You don't believe it. And you're in this time where you can't really sell things in the way that everybody else has been easily selling things. You can go to all the trade shows. You can go to all these things. You can't really do that. How in the world did you keep going? Like, you had to know there was something down, like, that you were good. I think that there is that. I do know that I make a good piece of pottery. Yeah. I think I have a good eye for shape. Uh-huh. I have a good eye for functionality. And so I knew I was making good things. Uh-huh. They just weren't to the standard that I wanted them to be made. Okay. If that makes yeah. Yeah. Uh, sense to people. I, and, and because of my food background, I wanted to make plates. I wanted to make bowls. I wanted mm-hmm. to make things that, that you interact with because eating is a celebratory thing in my mind because that's what I did. I helped people celebrate through food my entire life. And so 
the idea of a cute little decanter that holds your wine that you pour into a cute little glass uh-huh. and they match and uh-huh. that just makes your lunch on your patio that much better. Yeah. And so the drive was there. I I don't think that I've hit my niche yet. Yeah. I think there's a, a particular type of ceramics that I'm eventually going to get into that will be my thing. Okay. Um, but I, I don't think I found it yet. I don't know what that is. I think huh. it has something to do with food and alcohol. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Like, I got really into... I got into the beer festival, Mm -hmm. and I made all of these beer glasses and all of these beer growlers, and I was going to sell out. Uh I was so stoked and excited, and I thought they were cool, and I love them, Uh and I love this whole industry, so it was really going to be a great thing. Well, then I get to the beer thing, and I realize everyone's here just to drink. Uh All of them say your stuff looks nice, but I don't want to carry this home Uh because I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I've come to the realization that growlers are no longer cool because every brewery has a four pack of 16 ounce cans. Mm-hmm. You can walk with the freshest beer in town and it's not getting flat. Yeah. Your growler is already oxidized. Yeah. It's getting worse the further away from the brewery you get taken. Yeah. And so th- there's just no longer that sales. And so I had, you know, <laughs> 50 growlers at one point that I was hoping that I was planning to sell in one weekend. I still have them. They're still in my studio now. You know, Not all of them. I've slowly gotten rid of, yeah. of them. I've kind of changed the sales pitch. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm selling them as in whiskey infinity jars. Okay. If you're familiar with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. So, um, whiskey exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a fun twist. I'm, I'm constantly... Moving yeah. things around and doing things different ways. But uh, so what I think pushed me, though, from not quitting uh-huh. was that I had the knowledge that I could make better things. Okay. And I still had the time and freedom to do so. Okay. My amazing wife was helping me take care of the bills. Yeah. Giving me, I mean, she's supported me through and through. She's That's... my driving force in this. Yeah. And so in... July of 21, I did my first in-person market. Okay. Market Square, downtown Pittsburgh, drive-in, set up. Uh-huh. And uh, turns out everyone was cooped up for a bunch of time, and uh-huh. they wanted to come out. <laughs> they wanted to buy things. Uh-huh. And so I did really well. And that helped get over, is it good enough? Yeah. People are going to hate it. They're going to throw it on the ground and say it's not worth what I'm asking. Uh-huh. It really got to that point where I was like, oh, people like are stoked to take this with them. Yeah. And are telling me that I'm not charging enough money for it. <laughs> like it really started to change okay. the perspective yeah. in my mind. And then seeing what sold, that really mm-hmm. drives what I was making. Like if I sold 20 of those this weekend, I'm going to bring 40 of them yeah. and, and try to play that game. And so that in-person interaction that I had been missing for over a year at that point also helped keep me going. Okay. And then I'd signed up for a bunch of shows. So then I needed to make more pottery to have it for those. Uh And so there was this like, okay, I got, once I got to doing shows, I had pushed that little wheel over the edge and I was rolling downhill at that point. Okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. That's, and that had to have been, um, but I mean, yeah, that's a like I'm thinking about it from my mind. It's like that's that's a difficult getting to that point would be difficult. Um especially when you're dealing with this 
my stuff isn't good enough thing. Because, like, you know it's good. Like, it's weird because you know it's good. But also it's it's just not as good as what you know it can be. Right. And I, I was um, fortunate that I didn't have I'm not good enough going on in my mind. Yeah. Right? I knew I had the skill set. Yeah. I just needed to practice more. That's that's actually – that's a very um, – that's interesting, like, the way you, you just – so it wasn't that you weren't good enough. It's just that, like, I know I can do – it's I know my things can be better. I know I have – like, I can do it. I can see it. I know I have the ability to. It's just not there yet, mm-hmm. um, which is way different – then that is a way more positive look than like I'm not good enough on. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm glad that that was yeah. the case. And I think I can do a lot of things. I'm yeah. pretty confident in my ability. Yeah. Of most things, I mean, I'll dive in and try it. Yeah. Um, okay, so through that. Okay, so at that point, you had already um, you'd already been selling as a side mm-hmm. side project before that. Um, on the business side of things. Has there been anything you you said you weren't really involved as a kid, like you didn't see any of that side of it? Is there any of that that has been a struggle in the like doing this more full time? I wouldn't say it's a struggle, but I also am not the neatest and organized individual. Uh-huh. I uh, store a lot of information in my head uh-huh. and I would <laughs> yes, draw yes, it out yes. when I need it. Um, which isn't the best way to run a business. Yeah. Uh, you did that special on your bank accounts mm-hmm. and, and just dividing things out like that and being able to click and uh-huh. have it all be separated is, is a wonderful gift. And so I've slowly been inching that way. Yeah. You know, it drives my wife who's an engineer nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? You like, <laughs> I'm like, well, it's yeah. in here. Let me figure it out and I'll crunch yeah. some numbers and here's what I do. Here, here it is. Uh-huh. So I just this just last week I signed up. I now have QuickBooks going okay. on, and uh, our accountant has she's a little busy with taxes right now. But come the end of April, she'll get me dialed in on that to yeah. where I've got invoice capabilities and everything uh-huh. is is located in one gotcha. one spot. Yeah. The advantage you have with pottery is that you're dealing with dirt, and <laughs> it fortunately costs what dirt costs. So <laughs> so your overhead cost isn't a lot, right? I'm not yeah. buying platinum to yeah. melt down and make something. Yeah. I'm really using my skill set to upgrade the price of what I have. Gotcha. Is the equipment, like, do you frequently have to replace that? Or is it kind of like it lasts a good a good while? It lasts a good while. I mean, the pottery wheel that I'm using oh, yeah, is my mother's, <laughs> yeah. and it was 25 yeah. years old yeah. when yeah. I got it. Okay. I had the electric motor rebuilt. Not that it needed it at the time, but I was like, I'm, yeah. I'd like this to live another 25 years. So yeah. I took it to a place and had them, you know, rebuild it, and they they promised me that if this thing breaks down before the rest of my wheel does, to bring it back. Yeah. So well, cool. we'll see how that goes. The kilns, I use electric kilns. So there's, uh, you know, you can fire a wood kiln. There's a gas kiln. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use electric coils. One, it's uh, a little bit cleaner. Okay. A little bit easier for me to do because I'm in a basement. I yeah. don't have a big smokestack that I yeah. can keep enough wood and fire <laughs> yeah. and, and those types of things. Um, and so the heating elements burn out over time. I mean, you're getting to... yeah. 
2200 degrees yeah there's there's a lot of pressure going on inside yeah uh and then you know there's little mechanisms that stick in there that turn it off when it gets to the right temperature Uh um it's just a a weighted lever system and a little bar that melts at the right temperature and so it it causes it to turn off well those pieces that's over the course of two years melt Okay. I also have an old kiln. New ones are all digitized uh-huh. and, and have coupling sensors that tell it when it's hot enough. Yeah. I like this older way a little bit more. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so there's – I, in fact, need to replace some pieces in my kiln Okay. Now. But generally it's like it's, – it's not things that need rep- – I mean there's not a ton of – like you said, there's not a ton of those things that need to constantly be purchased, like new things that are purchased. Right. I mean just clay. Yeah. Clay and glaze is what I'm – yeah. I'm buying, you know, yeah. I have the tools. I've been fortunate enough to, my parents are completely retired from ceramics now. So okay. I got all of their nice. tools and knickknacks <laughs> nice. and nice. I have more tools and knickknacks than I, I'll go through in the next 20 years, I think. Yeah. Okay. So the business side, um, your, now you've got QuickBooks. That's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, that'll, that'll add a nice little wrinkle to your operation. Was there anything else? I guess, yeah, I mean, the, like, pricing-wise or anything like that, how, was any of that a struggle? You mentioned the, like, people saying you're not charging enough. How were you, um, did you, have you had any struggles with figuring out pricing, and how are you, how do you think through that? I try to... Because it feels like a difficult, like... When when it's something that you're spending a ton of time on, and really, like you said, like that's the thing. It's like I'm pricing my skill, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like, and if you're dealing with the, this stuff is not as good as I want to be. Like, I feel like that could be you're a, pulling the two sides. Uh-huh. It's a tug of war there. <laughs> it is because you're, for one, I mean, I could make an <laughs> I could make an equation that says. The clay costs this. Mm-hmm. It takes me this long to do this. And when I fire, it costs this. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, it needs to cost this. Yeah. And then every piece could fall into that thing. Yeah. I don't play that game because I just haven't gotten there yet. It would probably make it a lot easier on my brain if I did do that now that I say it out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the way I'm fighting it is, is how long is it taking me to make this? Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked... How many hours this week? Uh-huh. At the end, I have this much product. If I sell it all, will I have yeah. X amount of dollars? Meanwhile, I'm like, well, I I know this is worth $60, but I'll just charge 40 because uh-huh. I, I don't want someone to tell me this is garbage, you're charging too much. That would hurt. That would actually hurt yeah. my feelings. Yeah. And so I do my best to not do that. But then I look at other people selling pottery and I see them charge $200 for the item that I know exactly what work they went into that. Yeah. I know what they've done. I I get it. Yeah. And I don't think it's worth that, but they do it and they get that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun game that I'm playing with my own mind. I guess how fun it really is. I don't (laughs) think it's all that fun, but (laughs) yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to produce a quality product, and I want someone to feel like they got a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and the the way that you're like you've 
it's come up a couple times where you want people to use them. Like you want it to be a part of your life. So it's like, okay, could you charge 400 bucks for the thing? It's like, well, sure. If you do the right branding, like a pair of Nikes is probably not worth 200 bucks because you can get the same shoe for 40 bucks. Yeah. But that's what, like, that's the game that they've, they've put themselves into that category. You could do the same thing with your stuff, but then it's like, do you, you want, if you want people to use it, yeah. everybody's not going to get a $200 plate because then I need four of them or six right. of them. It's like, well, I, I want to use this every day. And then it becomes this thing that sits in the closet and it's yeah. like, oh, well, we look at this during the holidays and say it's special. It's like, well, no, right. we no. want this thing to be used. Break it out. And if it breaks, I can go get another one. Yeah. Um, but even at that, it still puts you, like, you're in this weird, um, that weird, like, mental game that you got to work through. Um, and I'm sure, like, do the equations work? I'm sure it would at least help to alleviate some of the questioning of yourself. Yeah. When someone comes at yeah. you with, I want a deal on this, and yeah. you're like, here's this is, why it costs what it does. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like removing the, uh removing the burden of you being the bad guy. It's like, no, the equation's the bad guy. Precisely, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just trying to make a living here. Yeah. And if yeah. you can't be part of that equation, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Yeah, it's it, that's that's helped me a lot. The setting up rules, actually, I, this was a Tim Ferriss thing that he, he, I was listening to him like last year or something. It was like, he made this, people were asking him for book requests, and it was like, no, there's just a rule that I follow this year that, like, I'm not doing any new book book uh, reviews. And it's and then it removes you from the equation. It's just like, no, this is the rule. Yeah. Okay. I love it's you. It's not on I me. I care about you. I want to support you, but I can't break my own rule. Yeah. That would be little myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, a, it's weird that just that little, like, mental trick can help, but it's just like, Okay, I can't feel like the bad guy, so I just need to push it up. Did I create the rule? I sure did. Yeah. But it's the rule's fault. That's not keeping me up at night, right? Yeah, it's the rule's fault. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's like figuring out how to do – but like in your case, it's if you can figure out – even if it's – what I've learned with a lot of these things is like once you figure out – okay, so you just talk through this equation thing. It's like, okay, could that work? Yeah, maybe let's try it for one thing. It's like, okay, people are bitching about the cups. Okay. There's a rule. Like, this is why. Let me at least get this in my head so that I know this is, you know, whatever. If see, people are saying it's too cheap or too expensive or whatever it is, it's like, okay. Let me remove the, the strain on myself and let's just figure out. Am I actually thinking about the pricing of this cup right? Yes? Okay, cool. Burden gone. Yeah. I, it's off my mind now. Um it's yeah, those little mental games you got to play with yourself as a <laughs> it is I as mean, a creator yeah. of things. It's a weird game sleeping at night. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so that is that's fun for you to work through. Um, as anything else, um, anything else that has come up on the business side that is um, maybe either a challenge or a sticking point for you, or like. Yeah, I mean, you've been... How long have you been doing it full-time now? I guess getting in in three years? Going in three years, yeah. Okay. Um, so in a very similar position to a lot of the people that have been on recently, which is this, like, started kind of during COVID, and now we're figuring it out back in the... Re- like, I imagine once you were able to start going to shows more, sales 
jumped way up. Right. Have you been able to sustain that? And how have you, how are you thinking about that now that everyone's kind of normalizing and, and the, the, the joy of being back out is kind of like, now nah, we're back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, definitely, as you say, getting to those shows, it all jumped mm-hmm. and I did a full year of them last year. And now I'm I'm applying for them for a second and some a third time, uh-huh. you know. And so I, I know what to expect at those things. But what it's really come down to is that there those things only happen certain times of year. Mm-hmm. You know, January, people aren't going out and buying things. Yeah. So I need to kind of get a hybrid system that kind of allows me to create and take them out into the public because I really enjoy mm-hmm. that part of the sales. I don't want to be behind an Etsy account yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. But I also need to have that running in the background 100% of the time. Yeah. So that people know that in January, if they need a gift for someone's birthday mm-hmm. or they need something, they can go there and get those types of things. So my business is, is starting to pan in different directions. Yeah. At first, it was like, just sell the pottery. Yeah. You know, now it's like, well, where do I want to sell the pottery? Yeah. And so I need to, I don't have my pottery in any stores. I need to figure out a retail system. Okay. But I've been selling it as fast as I make it. And so it's tough to, to get ahead. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure those, um, the events are all kind of like bulk days almost where it's like you're going to sell a ton of them on those days. And then that's all of your stocks. Now you got to re-up. And exactly. Like, how do you get ahead? I I guess during during the slower like is post Christmas to probably like now ish like is that generally sl- I feel like most people are slow during this time. So I think so. Are you able to? I guess you just move, so you haven't been able to use that as a, like a re up. Right, right. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that was also the weird thing. We bought our house in October. Or I guess Halloween we closed. And so it just sat there until January because I was busy doing yeah. shows. <laughs> and so then Christmas came, I shut down my studio, and then we moved. Uh-huh. But in that time frame, I, I made a couple wholesale orders. And so I had to get set back up uh-huh. and get those going. Okay. Um, so when you're thinking about trying to get into some more frequent retailer, like how – so. You mentioned that, but is that something you've been working towards or just something you're kind of thinking about how that can work? I've worked a little bit towards it uh, with some items. That's really fought me with uh, the confidence in my own work, though. Uh, Because I talk to these shops that are willing to take my things, Uh but I'm not getting, I want this and this and this. It's like, bring some stuff and we'll see what's going. And so I need to really kind of narrow in what I'm taking into a place to try to get on the shelf. You know, Hmm. I've I need to take mugs to a coffee shop and be their mug guy, right? Or I need to get into a place and that makes canister jars because they sell spices or or, you know olive oil pours in a place that sells olive oil, but. I, it just was so wide that I couldn't grasp what they wanted, and mm-hmm. then I would get, you know, yeah. kind of frozen in my making uh-huh. and then get behind, and then I had to get to my next yeah. show. And so it, it's it's been hard because people say, yes, your stuff is beautiful. Just bring me some stuff. And then I'm like, 
uh, but I have so many things. Yeah, I don't know. What to, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what to bring to you. I don't yeah. know what to sell. I don't know what's going to work. Yeah. And so, talking to my father about it, then which has been great because we've been able to discuss how he did it and, uh-huh. and what went on. And and as he said, you get a couple places, put stuff in it, and then when go check on them once a week, mm-hmm. see what's selling. Take the stuff that's not selling and give them more of the stuff that is because the stuff that's not selling might be selling yeah. at someone else's place. And, yeah. and and it's just a matter of of doing, right? Like that's – Well, to me and like it seems like you, you're at least somewhat similar in this. It's like f- doing it but also figuring out like a, a process to follow for those things. And then again, it's like I don't have to store it all here now. I just know, okay, I have these, okay, I want to, I want a new retailer. Okay. What are the things that I like doing? Mm, The, the oil pot, like those are cool. Okay. I enjoy those. Let's find a couple of these places. I stop in there once a week. I do this, I do this, I do this. Okay. Process complete. Right. Um, Because if you're not in that, like if you're just going to random mom and pop store, it's like, Oh, well, you've told me you want stuff, but I can't. There's too many things. Yeah. What do I do? Like, what do I do here? What do I do? There's too many options. I love all of these things. What do I, what am I supposed to do? Um, But like just thinking through how, or like, what do you enjoy making? Or what do you, what places do you enjoy going? Like, that's kind of, that could be kind of a fun way to do it. That's, I, I. When I started doing video, that's how I approached it, which was like, what things do I want to make videos for? Let me go to those people and just see if I can do video for them. Okay, I like going to these places. I like this restaurant. I wonder if I can make plates for that restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Right. That'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah. So, okay, so you're thinking through that and how you can get into any of those. Um do you, when you're thinking about the production of that, like, I guess, do you have the, like, the capacity, like, do you have an idea of how much you can produce weekly for certain things, or? Um, I have a very vague idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I really turned it on, I think I could, I think I, I believe I can make more than I probably can. Okay. Okay. In all reality, things take longer than I imagine they're going to. Okay. Um, okay. So getting into the some type of wholesale or um, some type of retail situation, and then you're also trying to start pushing the both online and in per like. Okay. So once events open back up, were you doing a lot of online sales at that point, or had everything no, kind of converted it all over? Kind of converted over because I didn't want to. I didn't have enough stuff to have an inventory for online uh-huh. and an inventory to carry to shows. Yeah. It was just one inventory. And I was really worried about selling something online uh-huh. and selling something at the same time <laughs> yeah. and not having it. Yeah. You know, it's happened a couple times. Fortunately, it's generally been with people I know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it doesn't feel good. You know, yeah. you're trying to run a business. I want to, yeah. I'm about the yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So are you, you're going to start not trying to even it out, but get a little bit more even-ish there or at least start pushing the online more because then you can grow your reach. You can start to get some of those types of – and during those slow months, now you have a, an, an outlet for just 
continuing to to sell right. your things. Um. Okay, so how are you? How are you thinking through? Like, what's the plan for that? How are you going to do that? Um, my I. My goal is this year to have those two separate mm-hmm. inventories. That there is a online inventory in my basement that works like a warehouse shipping department, mm-hmm. and then there's my marketing or my, yeah. my other thing, and and really just let them coexist. Okay. Because I get a lot of of traffic. You know, people love to watch. Uh, a well put together reel uh-huh. of someone making a piece of pottery. It's very satisfying. Yeah. And if you can go from the lump of clay all the way to that finished pot that's glazed and mm-hmm. it, it pouring syrup on pancakes or uh-huh. whatever it may be, like that kills. And people yeah. will go to your link and buy that thing. Yeah. I mean, I just sold all of my little herb stripper bowls uh-huh. in two hours the other day because somebody, <laughs> I don't know who it was, told their group, Look at this. Yeah. And all of a sudden I looked up and they were all gone. It was like, well, what just what happened? Just, yeah, now I need more. <laughs> and, and, and I need to figure that out. Yeah. So I, I know that I need to have satisfying videos. Mm-hmm. But it's very tough for me to make them. Mm-hmm. I know what I want to do, but I'm shooting with the cell phone of myself making this yeah. and then editing it on my cell phone and not making pots. And so I... yeah. I get to the point where I've now wasted too much time trying to do it that I have to put it aside so that I can make pots yeah. to get to this thing. And so it's it's just a battle of my time at this yeah. point. But I've gotten a little bit better. Like I said, I got a GoPro. It's in a handy little case that can uh-huh. get dirty. So with my muddy uh-huh. clay hands, I can press play, yep. record. And so I started a secondary Instagram account that's just time lapses uh-huh. of me throwing. So that will hopefully, if someone wants to, you know, go get off on that for a few hours, yeah. I've got f- hopefully 400 videos in the yeah. next couple of years ready for that. Yeah. You know, I think I'm at 10 right now, but yeah. it'll add up. Yeah. But playing that game, you know, the satisfying, I want that game that quickly clicks on the internet yeah. is how I plan to drive my internet sales. And are you going to continue? You're just on Etsy Right. Is that where you sell everything through? Yeah, I find. I mean, they take care of the state sales taxes in okay. all of the places, which is a rather tedious thing. Yeah. Um, they spend a lot of money to make their shipping carbon neutral. Um, and so I like what they're doing. It costs okay. me more. I could save more money if I went and got my own site. Yeah. But I would have to do a lot more things. Yeah. Yeah. Those are – there's always um, – it's kind of weird because you use something like that, you're going to make a little bit less, but people are going to those platforms. Right. They're going to those platforms looking for whatever, in your case, pottery of sorts. Yeah. Um, where if you have your own site, you have to be bringing them. Now, the one thing is it doesn't have to be either or because um, you could exist on there. And also have your own where, like, Instagram links to there instead of the thing on Etsy. And then you can remove some of that middleman cost. And, but then you've got all of the other things you have to deal with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a 
eventually you probably get to that point where it's like, yeah, let's just go to my own thing. Or, yeah, I but, mean, at some point my income gets higher than, than that. And yeah. It becomes easier to do it that way, right? Yeah. Or I'd hire someone yeah. to take care of those yeah. things. I mean, that that's kind of where it's at now. I'm just high. I've hired Etsy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, those are, um, that, or some people are using like eBay, all of those, all of those platforms, like they're pretty solid for a while Yeah. until you get to a point where you can manage all of those things. They make it so simple. Again, you're going to pay for the convenience, but it's convenient. Right. Then like you're trying to come up with the time to make all of these things that take a while and manage the business and go to the events and make the videos like, okay, I, I don't want to have to worry about the, the sales tax stuff. I don't want to have to worry about managing the website. Okay. Etsy, you got me. Thanks, man. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) Thanks guys. Yeah. Um, and I like what you're doing. So benefit. Um, okay. So. Is there anything um, – we've covered a lot of the like the business, the things that I imagined we would get to. Is there anything that we haven't covered that that are either sticking points for you or struggles that you've kind of had through, um, through the business? Like, I mean, you have – you started during such a, a weird – like – a, a weird time, but also such a weird circumstance where you move back across the country to an area that you don't know anybody, and now you're trying to sell things that would be way easier to sell in person. But I mean, fortunately, you've got some friends, and you before you moved, had you been what were you making? Like, were you selling the same things when you started back here, or I was? I mean, I was making bowls and mugs. Okay, you know, there's. There are potters out there that sell just mugs mm-hmm. and make great livings doing so. Yeah. And so everyone loves a nice mug. You know, right? I've got so so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see them, I'm like, oh, I need another one. I've yeah. finally gotten to a point where it's like I've started getting different types of drinkware instead of just mugs. Because mugs, I feel like there aren't a lot of things I like drinking out of mugs other than like coffee or tea. Yeah. Where like, oh, I found like a. So I was, I think we were in Portland or, uh, and actually I was in Utah last year and I got a, like a Glencairn, oh. but ceramic. Right. It's like, oh, okay. All right. Let's start looking at those types of things because those are <laughs> kind of fun to drink out of too. And, um, yeah, sorry. A little, a little no, aside no, there, but, Exactly. Um, Okay. So I was doing that, but I'd also the gentleman with the seats, mm-hmm. right? I was waiting his table in the restaurant that he came in and explained that I made pottery and then showed him pictures. And then he's like, well, I'll take $4,000 worth. <laughs> right. So then I designed these jars with corks for the lids for him. And he says, they're perfect. You know, that's exactly what I want. And so I sell him the first $4,000. Yeah. He's like, I, I want another $4,000 worth. Okay. And so that was what I was making. Okay. But so you were already, but you were back, like you were in the rhythm at that point. It wasn't, you weren't like relearning. You were past that relearning phase is what I'm, or like re, um, uh, what am I looking for? Like getting. Refining, I think is what it is. Like I learned the skill, but I've just been refining it to a level that I'm happy with and, and proud of. Um, but at that point, I was still missing some things, but yeah. they were basic shapes, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a little quart-sized jar. I, yeah. I, anyone can make those. <laughs> yeah, 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 anyone can make those. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Okay. Uh, anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to touch on? I don't think so. We've kind of gone through. We've gone through. How I got here uh-huh. and my, what I'm doing about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Where can the humans of planet Earth or wherever else, um, where can we find all of your things? Uh, the best place to start is my website, bkramerclay.com. Kramer, it'll be linked, yep, C-R-A-M-E-R. Through that, you can get to my Etsy shop and and purchase things. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is not there yet, but I have a plan in the next couple weeks to have a calendar added to my website so that you'll know where I'll be at in-person marketing. If you want to come talk to me about ceramics or come check it out and pick them up, uh, that's the place to be. So here in Washington County... I have done the Covered Bridge Festival the last two years. Okay. Really enjoyed that. I think I'm going to do that again this year. I have not technically signed up for it yet or been okay. accepted, but uh, okay. I'll probably be there. And uh, where do I have one? Very close here. May 7th. Sunday, May 7th. Oh, man, I should know the answer to this. It's I'm going to okay. pull my phone out yeah, and look yeah, yeah. at the answer to this. Yeah. Um, um, all of those will be linked down below. How about your Instagram? Instagram is B Kramer Clay as well. Okay. I try to keep them all as uh, close as possible to each other so that it's not too different. Yes. Uh, if you're interested in those time lapses, I am Mud Squeezer. Mud Squeezer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like to, when I teach people to make pottery, I really focus on the squeezing that do we're doing. Do you do that a lot? Do you teach? I don't do it a lot. Okay. I do it a little bit. I, you know, I, it's something that everyone always asks me if I do. And uh-huh. so I'm constantly, when I'm making pottery, working on a curriculum of how I'm going to explain what I'm doing to someone who is wants okay. to do it. Because I would like to get a, a studio that I could then have classes in. Yeah. Know, Ten wheels, bring people in. That's something I know our friend group has talked about so many times. And I like haven't really found anywhere that... Um, it, I'm sure there are places in Pittsburgh, but I haven't found them. Because um, we were all like, oh, this would be really cool to make. I've, I talked to you about it, actually. a uh, Some type of an ashtray. And then the more I looked into it, I was like, I'm not going to learn to do this in a day. You're like, what am I? I'm an idiot. Like, what the hell? What do I think this is? Like, I, so, uh, but that would be, that would be cool. Do you, do you anticipate that, being something that you're going to do like near future, like year or two or um, further down the road? Or how are you thinking about that? At this point, I would like it to be a couple years down the road, mm-hmm. between two and five. Okay. Uh, I Maybe closer to the two. Yeah. Um, because I think it's something that I can, I would like to create a little bit of a environment around uh-huh. and a community around. Yeah. Um, and we've just moved to the North Shore, and I think that community could go for that and, and, and yeah. it would be useful. Um, so it's – I wasn't sure that I wanted to do this until just recently, but okay. But I I think it would be a place that I would really enjoy, you know. Yeah. And then – and so teaching classes, helping people, and then just kind of lower my production of work yeah. to being more of a, a special release type of thing. Okay. Uh, where more of my income is coming from the classes and, gotcha. and, and that type of thing. Gotcha. Okay. That'd be cool. Um, okay. 
Did you find your event? I did. Uh, it is the Lux Market. It is May 7th, and it is at the Company Stables, which is a, a wedding event in Mount Pleasant. Okay. Um, if you follow me on Instagram or get to my calendar when that is on my website, uh-huh. uh, there will be links to that. Okay. Uh, I keep both my Instagram, Facebook, which is also B. Kramer Clay as well. Uh, once I've got shows and coming up, I like to give a monthly okay. post that shows where I'll be for the month and then, uh, you know, weekly in my stories. Gotcha. I'm constantly letting people know where okay. I'll be at and and things of that. So you can always get a hold of me, send me an email, find my website, or if you want to come find me in person, I'm selling pottery a lot. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, this was, this is fun. Um, okay. Thank you for watching and listening. Um, if you have any suggestions for guests that you would like to see on, let me know. Uh, if you got anything from this episode, if you enjoyed this episode, share it, comment, leave a review on the podcast. Those are all things that are super helpful. Um, visit all of his links down below. Stuff's great. Um, he's a wonderful person. Check him out. Um, thanks for listening. Have a marvelous week and see you next time. Thanks.